All right, just need a one-word suggestion from the audience. Any word will do, just one-word suggestion. Visceralist. Okay, I, I heard vis visceralist. Is that it? Is that a word? Yeah, yeah, of course it's a word. Okay, well, all right, all right. Give me just give me a minute. The word is visceralist. Uh, let's see, the episode is 110. All right, let me think. Just brainstorming a little bit real quick. Just give me, just give me one minute. It's uh, visceralist at gmail.com. Uh, of course we have an insta we would have an Instagram. It's visceralist. Probably most podcasts have a Patreon, so we say we have patreon.com slash visceralist. We'll just say it. okay. Um okay. Alright. Scene. Scene one. Uh anything trifling happened to you <laughs> recently? In NYC. <laughs> uh all the time, but not as much as it used to. But uh, it's probably good. Does you have a? Uh, understanding there's some HBO issues, issues with yeah, HBO so, apps. Um, I've been trying to watch this show on your recommendation. Stats, stats, flats. I still think I get the name <laughs> wrong every time. It's not stats, flats. Stats, uh, stats. No. Sets. Sets flats. Well, we're going to be reviewing it later, so we'll, we'll address it then. But mm. Say show show X. T -t show TBD. <laughs> later on in the set. Show X. So, um, this show happens to only be on HBO Max. Right. And as people might, you know, may or may not be familiar, HBO Max is a new HBO streaming service that debuted at some point this summer like august right. maybe july at some point so right. um that would have put hbo at like three streaming services because they had hbo go um they had right. hbo now and then they add in this hbo max um yeah hbo go is for people who subscribe through their cable provider Right. HBO Now is for people who do not have cable and but still want the HBO content. HBO Max is this new thing that has all the stuff that HBO Now has plus original content and uh, and just other stuff. Yeah, plus original content, plus they were like really um, selling hard, I think, on Friends. And yeah, I think stuff that's exclusive to shows. stuff that's exclusive to HBO Max. That, right, but that was confusing. Right, like, but that, that makes is, sense because yeah, you wouldn't get it just through HBO because none of this stuff would air on HBO proper. Exactly. This is what made it so confusing. So this is basically this is our trifling is the confusion with the introduction with the introduction of HBO Max confusion from the introduction. Um, <laughs> this is a Foosh Nickers song. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty good um that is that is a good one foosh nickens dang uh <laughs> it really threw me off with that uh good so I mean, one of those episodes yeah so i tried to watch this show x but um right. unfortunately um with the introduction of hbo max they happen to kill HBO Go for the Roku, which is the streaming device that uh, I have. However, 
Right. Um, there is no HBO Max app for the Roku. Huh. Right. So this is this is interesting, right? However, sort of. However, through Hulu, I can <laughs> I can get access. I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna need you to stop enunciating these so much. <laughs> Uh-huh. Through Hulu, I can get access to some HBO Max con con well content, but not all of it. So to get the oh, really? HBO Max exclusive content, I would have to download the HBO Max app, which doesn't exist for Roku, and log in through it using my Hulu credentials. <laughs> And but then, even then I would get access to it. Apparently, this is what they say to do. Um, okay. But, you know, there were some wow. helpful message boards around. People were There were a lot of complaints. And then apparently, some based on who your service provider is, some people automatically got access to HBO Max. Some people did not. Like, it, it was just... Wow. You mean, like, cable... cable like, if you have Spectrum versus... Right, if you're getting it through Comcast. Spectrum or, like, AT&T slash DirecTV or for one of, right. one of these, any other services, some people were automatically given access. Some people were denied access altogether. Like, I don't know. This was just, like, my complaint against HBO and their introduction rollout of this terrible HBO Max service. And I tried to watch shows. I really wanted to watch that Ridley Scott sci-fi show, but I was right. been blocked off of that. And I've been trying to watch show X that you've been recommending. But again, <laughs> I've been blocked to watch that. It's just um, – and then I can't use my parents' login to watch regular HBO because HBO Go has been deleted from Roku. It's like <laughs> – yeah, man, you really are. I thought you were just going to be sort of just com- like first world problems complaining here, but I mean, well, you are, but uh, <laughs> still, this is definitely more complicated than I would have expected. I didn't know all this stuff that you just described is going on. That is kind of crazy. Yeah, because I was I was so curious about it. I mean, they, they had a big advertising push for it, but there wasn't right. a lot of there was very little details about what it was. So when you started digging into it, because I think my first inkling was Roku sent me an email saying, hey, you're going to be losing HBO Go, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And there's no HBO Max app. I was like, what the fuck is this? That does seem like a pretty big oversight for Roku, considering like they, they're pretty popular. Like I know I can think of off the top of my head, just in my limited friend group, like, I'd say the majority have Roku. Actually, now I think about it. Yeah. yeah, unless maybe there's something, listeners, maybe there's something you know, some workaround you can help us out with. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember, so I, I had had HBO Now for a while that I've been paying for. Um, I remember I, I got it, like I re, I had it years ago, and then I got it again when this uh, new season of Curb started in uh, this past January. Right. And so... For members of my status, you were automatically transferred to, uh, to Max? HBO Max. And I should say, I was only I only use it on my laptop. So in any case, I'm Wait, logging so into HBO into Now Chrome. is dead too. 
No, well, this is a weird thing. Like, um, HBO now. So it's weird. You can I can still log into HBO now or HBO Max with the same credentials. And interestingly, it's you know how it saves your spot, or or maybe I'm not sure oh, HBO Go does. Yeah. It saves it saves different different spots. So if I'm watching an episode of Curb on now, it has it's not saved on Max and vice versa. So for me, I mean, since Max has everything that HBO now has, I just switched over to using Max entirely. Right. Um, and I got to say, they are, they started slow, but they are adding content every week, it seems. And, and some of it's pretty good. Like they have all the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episodes. Hmm. Um, I'm really hoping they get Martin at some point. It is strange that Martin isn't with any uh, streaming service at the moment in the US. Yeah, that's surprising. It's uh, maybe he's holding out for for top dollar. Um, and it is actually it was it was an HBO Studios production, even though it aired on Fox. Uh, it was HBO Studios, which would make sense since he had he was hosting Def Comedy Jam on right. HBO. He would have developed that relationship anyway. Um, my yeah, my complaint about HBO is HBO Go Max now is their their OS or sorry their UX. Um, oh, it's it was always terrible. HBO Go was awful. Yeah, and Max isn't that much. I mean, Max basically has the same format um, as Now did. So that means, and it's it is a bunch of little things. It's a little things, but it's a bunch of them, and and they add up. So for instance, like there's no hover over. Like you can hover in some Netflix and YouTube. You you hover your mouse over the timeline. You can see a little preview of what. Uh, that scene at that time in the program is going to be right. Yeah. Um, so Max doesn't have anything like that. Mm. Um, if you try to skip ahead, the time it takes to to load that scene is interminable. Uh, Do you think I guess that's it's not buffering a, uh, properly. An internet issue with you or no? No, no. Okay. I everywhere I log in, it's it's the same thing. I think that's a, a buffering issue. Uh, built into the the source code, um, uh, and the the thing that really annoys me is there's no way. Like, so I've been watching Sopranos a lot, or I, uh, over the summer I watched a ton of Sopranos, and I always had to go back to instead of like being able to pick an episode from like the bottom part of the screen that has the episode I'm watching, you know, scrolling down, mm-hmm. or like on Netflix where you can like. Uh, there's a little tab in the lower right where you can scroll quickly through all the episodes of that season. Right. Uh, HBO has nothing like that. You have to go all the way back to the main Soprano screen, then click the season, then scroll down through the episodes. And it's the only way, unless you wait till the end of the episode and then you can, there is a little prompt to skip to the next one. But I mean, come on, it's 2020. I know they really need to work on this. They, yeah. they got to get us in there. I don't know. I don't know how they haven't hired us already. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to get yeah, clearly first, qualified. Well, they're going to need to. Well, yes, our our comments and our consulting on their user experience is going to come with them. You know, giving us at least a season, full season order of uh, the Visceralist show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and also some people to you know tell us it'll be HBO Max exclusive. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um 
maybe some people to you know tell us what what it should be about and obviously some people to pay us um <laughs> basically i just want to go there i don't know i don't even want to go to the office just just do a show and give me money <laughs> no i'm just kidding hbo please please mr hbo um i have scripts i have you know what i have an Insta- i have a private instagram that jay doesn't know about um oh, okay <laughs> It's, it's, it's tisserless. No, okay. All right. We're getting, we're getting too wacky here. <laughs> so I'm going to get to my tricling. And for this one, I, it's called Fooshnickens present. Visceralist. Oh, buddy. Um, uh, so I, for listeners who might not know, I sometimes keep a list in my notes app on my iPhone weird things that happen. So I'm going to consult that right now, as I did just before the show. Um, I have Dwayne Reed not having Lysol, but I mean, that's, Hmm. that's pretty straightforward. Like the Dwayne, neither the Dwayne Reed nor the CBS in my immediate neighborhood has had Lysol since April. And it seems like a pretty surprising uh, market inefficiency, um, you know, we've had pr- plenty of critiques of capitalism that that we could get into oh, yeah. uh, over the course of the past few months, but this is a really surprising one because there's clearly a huge demand for Lysol. But I, literally, I and I go to this Dwayne Reed a lot, so it's not even like sometimes I see one can on the shelf. Sometimes I and I rest of the time I see none. I haven't seen literally zero out of the I don't know zero. probably close to seventy times I've been there. In do the they past even do they have like an off brand? No, they don't have the, yeah, they don't have the store brand, um, which they do make. Um, and I asked them one time early on in the, in the quarantine, I was like, does, do any Dwayne Reeds have this? And they're like, well, there's a 24 hour one on 23rd street that might have them. And I'm like, any way to check? <laughs> You're like, uh, can you call over there? I was like, is there any way to check? And they're like, yeah, you can go check. You should go check. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I was like, it's welcome to New York, right? And they were like, yep, mm-hmm. welcome to New York, my guy. Um, so, you know, it's not a huge deal. I still manage to clean stuff up every now and then. But, I, you know, it's, it's surprising that this one item that it seems like, I don't know, I think it's an S.C. Johnson, a family company product. Uh, When's the last time you went? To Dwayne Reed? Yeah, to look for it. I mean, I, I go to Dwayne Reed for stuff probably like four times a week. Damn. Three or four times a week. And I check every time, and it's literally never been there in the past six months. Not once. You're a frequent shopper. So I that's probably get one of those rewards. Huh? You don't have what? a reward card? Wait, what'd you say? That's where who stays? No, no, no. One of your mainstays. Oh, one of my mainstays. I thought you said that's where your man stays. <laughs> Like I'm friends with somebody there. <laughs> I like mean, they know do know me. That lives at Dwayne Reed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I basically live there at this point. Going over there so oh, often. Oh man. Um, I did something similar with the Rite Aid across the street from me, but I usually go on Sundays or Mondays because that's when the new sales stickers are put on. Mm. So I go and I see what's on sale. I generally have two sections where I go to, like the snack bar section if it's like nice. the two for one. 
or whatever. Nice. I'll get the boxes there because they're a little overpriced by themselves. And then I go back to uh, my ice cream section and see what's on sale back there. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah. So anyway. The, okay. We'll check that off. Uh, so no Lysol, huh? No Lysol. I have also written down risk. At I have some. Now that's that's a business idea. I, I don't want to. Share. I also write random business ideas here. For some reason, I wrote Galaxy Quest, like the movie. I, yeah, I think I was thinking about watching Galaxy Quest. Um, I have I in here some. Watched it. I have some rap lyrics that I that I wrote for a group chat I'm on with some friends. Um, that I I can't read. <laughs> Definitely can't read. What were they about? We were just we were just kind of fucking around in the group chat, and I just was kind of spitballing some random freestyle, freestyle off the dome type shit. You know, yeah, respect. Yeah, respect, yeah, yeah. Respect. I know how you Allie do. G. That's Ali G shit. Um, <laughs> and then I have some notes for this. Uh, <laughs> my my mutual our mutual friend uh, who lives also in the Lower East Side. He and I had this ongoing argument about subjectivity versus objectivity in oh, art criticism oh, <laughs> that, I've, that I've also been threatening to do as a segment on the show. I'm not doing it now because we do have a lot of great stuff to get into, but he in, as part of this ongoing thing, he's like, I want you to do some homework. He brought me a book uh, to my apartment. One of the times uh, that we hung out recently, uh, the book is by the, one of the founders of Pixar. Uh-huh. And, uh, I should say to the listeners, essentially his argument, if we boil it, boil it down is that there is objectivity in art criticism and art appreciation and art creation. And my view is that it's all subjective. That's basically the crux of it. But so he thought, or he said, read this one chapter of this book because it sort of touches on what we discussed. And it, it was an interesting chapter. It was basically about, um, how once Pixar started becoming successful after the first couple of Toy Star movie, Toy Story movies, and and some other stuff, that they were getting a little bit busier than they expected, and the quality of the work was suffering. Uh, mm. In this guy's in this guy's view, um, but you know, so what I have here in my notes app is just some notes that I took to counteract. Well, both the founder of Pixar and my buddy. Uh, next time I see him, I'm gonna. I'm going to whip this out. <laughs> Take him to town. Take him to funky town. Sort of like a, it's going to be like a Foosh Nickens freestyle. <laughs> Boy, I work him. His argument. Oh, man. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. Look, listeners, I, I know you, you want this, this, uh, this, my expose on, on my, my true feelings on, on this at, at, at length, I, I can tell, I can hear you screaming it into your, into your iPhone. Yeah. And the world wants to hear it. I got, again, I got to do it. It's going to be, it's going to eat up a lot of time. We already have our segments for this episode. Maybe next episode. I'll try to do it before the end of 2020. How about that? Fair enough. All right. Uh, and then the only other one, let me let me ask you really quick. It, this involves an incident at, don't say the name of the event, but is the event we went to right at the end of January, sort of swanky, in Midtown. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I do recall. And do you recall the incident that occurred with one of the um, bartenders there? No, that may have been before I got there. It it was before you got there. I may not have told you this. Oh wait, 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 wait! Was it about your choice of head head headgear? <laughs> it was, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Why don't I save that? Well, save that for next episode. That's a tease because I feel like I've been rambling. We already hit HBO and Dwayne Reed. I don't know if I want to hit another powers, powerful establishment. Uh, <laughs> tons of money behind it uh, on our little little show here. So powerful establishment. Yes. Um, but next episode, yeah. So I will I will highlight that right now. Um, but let's segue into uh, some TV reviews. Uh, the show that uh, you've been recapping over the last couple episodes, Lovecraft oh, Country, man. is now finished. Oh, oh if that's uh, that's. I feel like I may have picked up on some disappointment in your voice there, which is interesting. Oh, okay, so you I'll were level- hyping it up to me. You told me repeatedly that I should watch it. Floor is yours, and I would still say watch it. Oh. Um, you know, just don't. Don't let this review give you like any negative feelings about it. Try to go into it huh. with an open mind. Um, so overall, I will say that yes, it was worth watching. It was very entertaining. The acting performances were all great. Um, right. I think I did fail to mention at the last review I did for it. I don't know if yeah. you've seen the previews where it's got these two um like demon girls and in these outfits. Um yeah. So I believe the last episode you recapped would have been seven. So I think there's eight, nine, and ten that that uh you can sort of summarize, but I, I did see a preview that had sort of maybe like a like a raggedy Ann and Andy type characters, but like real life people dress sort of dressed like that. Is that mm-hmm. what I Mm-hmm. So, so what? Yeah, what's their deal? Yeah, you don't want to see that. You would, you would be <laughs> uncomfortable. I know that. I was very uncomfortable I, at first, and it was terrifying. But then it transformed into almost for me like a little absurd, and it then it turned hilarious because then I was just trying to do like the dance moves, right? And I still do them <laughs> now every now and then. Well, wait, what? What? What's the deal with these characters, the, the, listeners? There will be full spoilers for for all of Lovecraft Country. So warned. this is um, I don't remember her full name, but everybody calls her D. She is Atticus's cousin sister, I guess we could say. Another spoiler: right. His dad is probably not his dad, and his uncle was most likely his dad. Right. So, um, that's their relationship, and she was confronted, um, because her mom was the one that went like. I did talk about this. She went through the time portal and was like traveling through the universe and like the different um parallel universes that are existing at the same time. And they tracked her down because of something that her mother left behind, like these comic books that Dee draws when people go on the trips to make their green books. And she had given her a comic and 
she left it. And so the police tracked her down, and this police officer was also um, in that same, I don't even know what we're going to call them, they're like a cult, and part of that same cult that was trying to um, basically become immortal and use like the language of Adam. So in order for them, they were trying to find what she knew, and they put this terrible curse on her. But who knew? What do I think, you, I think girl, there's, do you, a, there's a lot of characters. Just just use their name instead of he, she. Oh, man. You know I'm not good at remembering all these names. This is <laughs> jerk. You did that on purpose. You did that on purpose. Well, I haven't seen it, so I'm trying to follow So this you. is D. She's the child. Okay. And right. the the I don't remember what the police officer's title is. We'll just say he's a lieutenant. But he was pretty sure. – like he, he was leading this opposing faction within the cult. And he's in a race with the woman, Christina, who um, is leading the other faction. Well, she's in the faction by herself now. And they're both trying to find this book, and so is Atticus. They're all trying to find this book, right? So let me, let me, let me pause. So the book is, uh, gives its user the ability to speak the language that Adam and Eve spoke. And that, and and if they are able to speak that, then they essentially are sort of looks immortal. Like, looks like somebody's been doing a little, a little homework here, huh? <laughs> huh? Maybe you are interested. I did. I did read the Wikipedia summaries, <laughs> but they're they're very brief and very. It's like one paragraph for a whole episode, so I don't. Ah, uh, okay. So that's all I have as as background. So um, they try to figure out what she knows, and then basically there's like. They Again, you gotta, you gotta. Oh, I'm sorry. They so the two police officers and the opposing faction guy. They tried to, um, him and his crony, tried to figure out what D knows, okay. because they found her notebook, not the notebook, the comic book, um, at the origin place of the portal, right? And her mom is, okay. was was still inside at this point, but they found and her. Mom has the book. Who has no, the book? Nobody point? has the book yet. Um, but someone knows. This is gonna, where it, actually jump ahead. just jump at where is I'm trying to remember your your uh, feelings on time travel. Uh, I usually like it in uh, films and TVs. Uh, I think it's an interesting narrative device. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with it. I don't remember. I will say I didn't like the way they did it in Endgame. I think if that's okay, maybe what you're what you're remembering. Um, but I, yeah, I didn't really like that. But yeah. You know, I didn't really so the it. the book of names, I don't remember exactly where it is now. But mm-hmm. at that point in the story, but they end up going back in time to get it. To so what point in time? So they go back in time to um, like the Black Wall Street massacre, like the Tulsa race riots. Okay. They go back right. to that day. So that has been um, brought up multiple times throughout the series um, because of Montrose. Montrose also could also be called Omar, could also uh, be called yeah. – um, what's his name? Michael? Is it Michael? His real name? His real name is Michael Kenneth Williams. Yeah. I knew it was a Williams. So him <laughs> and his brother George um, – they were from Tulsa, and they survived that. And so did okay. um, George's wife, Tick's uncle, or mom, uncle mom. I mean, aunt mom, aunt, aunt mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, 
so they go back in time to there, right? And they've always told the story of how they were saved. And like this ep- this episode was actually really good cuz it had like a very straightforward narrative structure for them. They got to go back in time, they got to get this book and they have to come back to the present. This right? is Tick and the fellow protagonists, It right? was Tick um the love interest Smollett uh-huh. this of the Smollett clan. Right. Um and okay. Omar. So the main protagonist. And Omar. The three of them go back. D is not there. Um D is in the on the other side waiting because they part of the reason they have to go back is to get the book of names to help save her as well because she she had that curse put on her and the little motherfuckers were like break dancing to try and just break dancing demons. Oh, they were scary. Yeah. So what? So just let's sidebar. What What are they? Where do they come from? What are they? They came from the police officer who was leading the rival faction of that cult. And I do. They, I gotta say, I do love you describing them as break dancing demons because that, that does make them sound really cool. But I, I'm thinking back at the brief image I saw of them, looking really disturbing. They like they look like ah uh, the characters from uh, us. Oh, they're they're disturbing. Don't let me like, uh, like don't, don't lead me into a false for you. But I once you get over the initial shock of their appearance and their like really off-putting and disturbing movements, then it becomes like you start appreciating those movements and like, oh damn, they're working it. They're like popping and locking. They're doing all types of stuff. Like, hmm, okay. okay. So then your mindset sort of changes, but they're keep going. I'm gonna pull them up on YouTube while you're talking. Their entrance, their initial appearance. Holy shit! I was so uncomfortable. Because hmm? <laughs> yeah. they they enter, um, doing their like weird movements. What search term would going I use? Going backwards upstairs. What search term would I use on YouTube? Um, Lovecraft Country. Demon girls, maybe. Demon girls, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just do like demon girls, and you probably find it. Okay, go go on. Okay, so they part of their family history is the story of uh, them. Their names are Topsy and Bopsy. Yeah, because they're from this book. Oh, oh, you got the okay. sound going too. No, sorry, Topsy I'm and Bopsy. Turn, turn this down. Go ahead. So, um. <clears throat> the big reveal in this going back in time and they go, they have to split up. They have to get the book. Um, like it's fully like, yeah, it's fully revealed that Michael K. Williams's character knew he was gay from like way back then. And he had like a boyfriend who got shot during the riots and they were about to be set upon by this, you know, this white mob but they always said somebody came in like swinging this bat like Jackie Robinson and saving them, right? <clears throat> and it said, uh, some stranger out of nowhere. And it's like, hey, I got you, kid, or something, right? That was the catchphrase. And <clears throat> through all of this, they were like, they were waiting. They were sitting there and waiting for something to happen, and nobody was coming to save them because they were just observing the scene. They knew they couldn't interact or interfere too much as to keep the future the way it was, right? That's always part of the time travel. You don't want to interact too much, so you don't want to disturb your present, their future, right? 
So, okay. um, they were sitting there like, oh man. I say, these, these people who title these YouTube clips have to do a really better job of... Why? <laughs> I pulled up like three different videos so far that all say Topsy and Bopsy in them and Lovecraft Country, and none of them will get to the fucking point. I'm sorry. They need to edit better. <laughs> I'm sorry for interrupting. Please go ahead. And so then, uh, uh, and Tick is about to go over there, and then they look down, and there's a baseball bat sitting in front of him, and so then they come to the realization that he himself is the stranger that saves them in the past from the future. Right. Okay. So that, so that was, so then what? Do they get the book then? So he saves them. They get the book. They go back. They all they survive that one. But part of his deal with Christina, um, in order for her to prolong Dee's life, because they didn't have the spell to fully save her without the book of names, that was another reason to go back for the book of names was to save Dee from um, these demons. Um, so for them, Tick agreed to be sacrificed which she had been wanting the whole time. She needed Who? his body, his Who? blood, again, Christina. Again. Okay. Christina. Christina needed, right. needed him um, as part of her ceremony and the book of names, but for her to become immortal. Okay. So then what? Um, I mean, he gives him, Tick gives himself up. Christina goes through with her plan. Um, our group of heroes tried to double cross her. It didn't work. She double crossed their asses. Um, but in the end, Christina lost because of all of, I guess, the people on our hero side. Like, ah, it was a little underwhelming the finish, I would say. Um, for my taste, like in the end, D, the 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 girl who's being chased by Topsy and Bopsy, she ends up having some bionic arm, which I guess her mom, um, Hippolyta, had taken her to a different, you know, alternate reality and gotten this bionic arm and then came... Like, it, I liked it overall. Um, so Tick dies. The main character, the main male character dies. He's not saved. Um, but the rest of the heroes do stop Christina from performing the full ceremony and becoming immortal herself. And they do kill Christina. Um, okay. So again, YouTubers, you really need to do a better job of editing this. I, I, you still can't find Topsy I was watching this whole time. I was watching these clips and they're poorly edited. They cut, they it's, it's a lot of shots of Diana D running away. Yeah. But they don't, they don't then cut. I don't know if in the show they cut back to Topsy Bobsy. I'm getting really frustrated here. So oh, I'm Topsy gonna... and Bobsy. You didn't even see any of their moves? I didn't see, no. So uh, maybe I should probably focus on recording the podcast instead of just going to YouTube. But that is, wow, that's frustrating. Anyway, um, so yeah. So what are so your... So my, my main so you, problem. You covered right? pretty much what happened. But so yeah, while what, I was watching this here? episode, I was complaining about several things. The first thing I was complaining about is I think her name is Jiha, the Korean woman. I was like, she has to do something. There couldn't have been a whole episode about her backstory and Tick's backstory, and then she finally comes to America, and then he gets pissed off and makes her leave, and then she was just gone for like two more episodes. 
And then she's back in the finale. I was like, she has to do something. Do you remember, like... Did she do anything? She did. She finally did something. But do you remember, like, the episode (laughs) of The 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 Simpsons? Yeah. Where there was, like, that big... There was this big fight outside. It was between, like, the mafia guys and the Yakuza. Right, yeah. And Bart was like, what's that little guy? He's just standing there. He's just standing there. He's going to do something. And Mom, he's going to do something. I know he's going to do something. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then Marge, like, takes him away. And then you hear all these sounds. And, she, and Bart's like, oh, man, I know he did something. Right? Like, I, I know was exactly my feeling. what you're talking about. That was my feeling about her. Like, she's going to have to do something. She's not here for no reason. They didn't make a whole episode about her for no reason. But you just said that she did come back and do something. So what? I yeah, don't but it was almost like an afterthought. What did she do? If that makes sense. I mean, she's kind of she saved, came back. She kind of saved the fucking day. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that's not good enough for you. No, because she was. How do you have a character that has a? They have like all these. Um, like cryptic phone calls in the first couple episodes between him and her. And then you have this whole episode about their backstory. backstory and then right. she disappears. You right. don't hear about her again. Then she, she shows up in one episode. And then basically she's gone again for the next two to three episodes until the finale. And I'm like, oh, here she is again. She was going to stand here and do nothing. And then she talking about how she's not going to do nothing in the episode. <laughs> but then she, then she, then she's she did like, something. right. So, like, I don't know. Overall, I would say, yes, recommend, watch it. However, I would say that I I feel like they, I don't know, the showrunners, whoever it was, they had a hard time putting it all together as, like, one cohesive, like, uh, what do you say, like, longitudinal story does that make sense uh linear linear story well do you think did you get the sense that because this is based on a book that maybe well like we saw with game of thrones that they short shortened some story elements that maybe would have that you would guess are probably you know deeper in the book that they just Mm. couldn't get to in this just a good point yeah maybe like i feel like that like yeah I think so. I mean, I've, I, I remember before this came out, so a couple of months ago, I did read about the book that it's based on, and I forget. I think it was also a review of the first few episodes of the show, and I think someone was saying that I think this may be where I, I, I got this idea, this notion that I just brought up, uh, is that they they basically did short 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 shrift to book elements that were really cool like they dropped Mm. out some some of the cool stuff that either was just cool on its own or tied into the main story like i mean look it's a show it's but it so it should you know it's a different medium it should function on its own as a show you know if even if there's no book that's based on true i mean I, i don't know i gotta say like i I'm still a little confused as to why you're recommending it, even though you're disappointed. It's a substantial time investment. It is um, a substantial time investment. And, and energy. Now, it's, it's an intense show. It is. I think it started out really strong. Um, in my, you know, in my opinion, it lost some momentum. However, 
they're when the episodes are are good, they're really good. But it's it. I think it was missing like it was missing those strong links and bonds between episodes. It was almost almost had the feeling of like a like a freestyle. A Fushnikens kind of freestyle. Or maybe like that Fushnikens song where where Shaq is on the song. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, not with Shaq. But it, it it almost felt like more of an anthology series, like a Twilight Zone, where they had like common elements, but they weren't all the same story. I guess Black Mirror is kind of like that, right? Okay. Well, yeah, except Twilight Zone and Black Mirror are there. I mean, this has basically the same characters in pretty much every episode. Yeah, like there's no two episodes of Twilight Zone that have the same characters. Right, but that—that's what I'm saying. Like that was where the feel was because a lot of the episodes just felt so separate from each other, even though they were huh. in the same universe. Because sometimes it would just focus on uh, like one character's narrative right and no nobody else would be there except for that one character and maybe one other character right and that would be it for the entire episode yeah okay i mean well what let's what what are some positive things give, positive give... things would be all of the acting performances the acting was really great i tell you that okay the acting was any, great. Any one or two stand out? I mean, my man, Michael K. Michael K. Williams, he's an amazing actor. Yeah. I, I really like him. What about the lead? The lead he's good. Jo- um, Jonathan Majors. Now all these names are just popping into my head. Jonathan Majors. <laughs> um, right. He was pretty good. Um, now I forget Smollett's first name, but I'd never really seen her or noticed her, I guess, before. But apparently she's been working pretty consistently for a number of oh, years. Oh yeah, I think all of the Smollett's. Uh, I have been working for a while, and I know this because there's another podcast I listen to called uh, "Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood." Ah, uh, yeah, excellent podcast. But they just did a review of Eve's Bayou, which is from like the early '90s, and one of the Smollett's is in it. I think I think it is the same one that's in that's in this. Mm. Um, but yeah, they yeah. So they be they be working. Um, okay, yeah, the acting. I mean, yeah, I saw the first two episodes as we've discussed. I don't know. I, I I did like Majors quite a bit. You know, of course, Michael K. Williams, one of my favorites, definitely gets the the wire benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also great in. I don't know if you ever saw the Night of. No, I that never watched that. I forgot. That was, I mean, that one was real intense. Like that was hard to get through, and I actually don't even know that I finished it. But he was great in that. Um, okay, I got to check that one out too. That was on my list, and I want to like. That's one of those shows that I know the performances HBO. are good, but it's gonna make make me sad. Totoro's in there too, right? <laughs> Tuturo, yeah, it's Riz Ahmed and Tuturo are the leads for the most part. Um, but yeah, it's about the New York City prison system, so uh, and and just crime investigations generally, um, and it feels really true to life. But 
unless if you want to, any closing words on uh, Lovecraft, we can move to show X. Uh, <laughs> show X. We can see just how right I was. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, no closing words on Lovecraft. I would say watch it. Um, I, I, it might get... I don't know what all the Emmy categories are, but I feel like there there's an Emmy category for like best like some of those standalone episodes win, right? Um well, with Emmy submissions, I believe everything is just based on one episode, right? So the is actors really? will choose yeah, so the actors no. will choose Oh yeah. Um, what? So the the do you want to let me finish this? No, I do, I I do know what I'm, I'm talking I'm, about. I am a, I am perplexed, appalled. Well, I do I do declare. <laughs> yes. So the actors, when they submit, they choose one episode that they feel represents their best performance, and that's what the Academy watches because there's a lot of voters, and not everyone's going to watch a full season of a show, even a great one. Oh, that's some bullshit. So I believe that I thought it was supposed to be for the whole like body. It's not. Of work. It's not not practical, logistically. Uh, so I believe that the producers would choose one episode of a show for like you know outstanding drama or whatever, uh, and then that's what the the voters are expected to watch. Now, the, a lot of the voters probably do watch the whole because they're all you know they're people working in TV and film or well TV, right? Um, and so presumably they're fans of you know the good shows in the medium, but technically yes, they submit one episode for each of the categories. Of each show, obviously. Um, but for instance, it's possible next Emmys we will see in the best comedy series, uh, HBO Max show titled Staff Let's Flats. And look at that transition. Wow. Masterful. Staff Let's Flats. Thank you. Uh, Staff is the name of the main character. It's uh, He's a Greek-British person it, it's a british sitcom um single camera uh i i'm blanking on what his first name is in the show but it's one of those shows that's um you know like like the office or, or like it's the creator wrote and directed and he's also in it as the lead so i'm thinking of the british office um and like okay. maybe fleabag uh, is another good example and actually the lead the gotcha. have you seen fleabag because no. the lead of Stafflet's Flats is in one of the episodes of Fleabag, briefly. He plays uh, one of the guys that she dates. Um, but in any case, look, I, I came across it. It looked like a British... A, I mean, the title sort of gives away that it's a British show. I saw that it was made in 2018. Like, it had all the trappings of like cool Brit comedy. Of course, no one else knew about it. That in my circle, so that immediately makes it way more attractive for me. Mm-hmm. Um, for, just so I could talk about it in, in a situation such as this. Um, but you know, I had it had the feel of when I came across Succession, you know, and again when you know we were watching the first season. Uh, no, I don't think anyone else was talking about it then. Uh, that's a good point. But in any case, it's um. So the lead, it's about a guy who works for um. Uh, a real estate agency that uh, rents lets being the British uh, word for renting as, as oh, we okay. know in 
American English, flats being the British word for apartments. And so I guess the American English version would be Steve rents apartments. <laughs> um, and I watched, I've watched the first season. Um, there's two seasons that have aired so far. Uh, and it's, it's an easy one to get through that, you know, it's, each episode is only 22 minutes and there's only six episodes per season. So, uh, and it's really, it's really sharp, funny. This guy really embodies the character really well. And he reminds me of sort of like Dave, have you, you have you seen the British office or you, you've no, probably seen actually, Ricky Gervais in it. character like here and there though. Right. Yes. Okay. So he's sort of a combination of that character, but also Greg from the office in that he, or sorry, Greg from uh, succession uh, oh. in that he has this sort of naivety, but also this arrogance that's more of a David Brandt. And he's like, he's it's in an office context. So he works at a real estate uh, firm that his dad owns and he's sort of, in, he's not totally incompetent, but he's not great. And it's just about him kind of interacting with his coworkers and like right next door is another real estate firm that they compete with. And uh, he, Oh, I like that kind of dynamic. Yeah. It's going to be good. It, yeah. it is good because they're really <laughs> sharp and on the ball and, you know, really successful. And this is more of a mom and pop operation that staff works at. Uh, and staff's sister is there portrayed by this actor's uh, real sister. Um, should definitely look up his name, but I'm definitely not going to. Um, and she is also a working com- comedian in, in the British comedy scene as well, in her own right. Um, and she she plays his sister, who's also sort of a little ditzy, um, but definitely a good person. And I think that's the thing. There's a certain endearing vibe to the show um, because of her and him. Like, they're really... He's a little bit of a dick, but he definitely has some endearing qualities. But it's not it's not to the point of, like, the American office where... There's like, you know, oh, like there's no like, oh, like, they got it all worked out. Oh, true love wins. Like there's it's it's a little bit more cynical than that, which I like. So it's not too schmaltzy. Um, but and it's it takes some really unexpected twists and turns, even in the context of just an office office style sitcom um, that are really unexpected and really funny. And I find one of the really standout things is that the staff character comes out with these really odd expressions um, that are really funny. And just like, you sort of know what he's saying, even though it's clearly he's getting an expression wrong. Like he, like an expression he thinks exists and he says it, but like, for instance, like (laughs) he goes to show this couple, this young couple, uh, an apartment that has a backyard. And when he gets, they walk through the house a little bit, and then when he gets to the backyard, like no one's cleaned up from the previous tenants and they left a huge, oh, huge mess, like a huge mess. And the the new tenants or the, the new prospective tenants see it and he's really embarrassed. And he says, oh, oh, my God. Oh, this is a mysterious tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? This is a, this he says this is a mysterious tragedy. And, he's, and it's not even like he's trying to like hide it from them like because he's just as surprised as they are and he but he's like he says i can't i can't believe what is this a disaster this is such a mysterious tragedy i don't know for some reason the phrase mysterious tragedy 
mysterious tragedy really got you. You did. This guy's facial expressions are really good. You looking him up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just He's got looking some at these images. Excellent yeah. faces, man. Um, and yeah, so I finished. You know, I'm, I feel I'm feeling really good with it because I finished the first season. It ended strong. Set up a a, a good setup for the next season, which I have I have to look forward to now. Um, you know, I'll probably burn through it over the course of the next week or so, but. You know, then it, but then you know it might be over because I think, I think the second season aired in England in 2019, and there's no no talk of season three that I could find. So, um, so that might be it. I thought this. Oh no no no! Season three was coming up in the search because people were looking for season three. Right. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Hmm. So, what do you think? You gonna watch it? I'm gonna try and find it, it. if HBO Max <laughs> lets yeah. me. If they, if they let you, yeah, yeah. I can't believe you. So you have to go through Roku. You go. Sorry, just to recap from before. <laughs> you turn on your Roku. You go through Hulu. Wait, wait a minute. Do you have what is your HBO account that you have access to? Is it Go Now or Max? Go. Okay. So I don't think I think this is probably just going to be Max though. So I don't, I'm not sure that you'll. Yeah, it will. It's only on Max. So I've I've been scheming up some alternate ways to get get oh, okay. into it. Okay. I think I got a plan. I think I got a plan. Though. Okay. Um. Well, if worse comes to worse, you can use my login. It's not a problem. Um, well, thank. You. I appreciate that. I think this is going to work out because now that I've like officially Googled this. It looks good, and I've heard your outstanding review. Right. Do you have any questions about it before that? That I will try I to not. I'm not going to spoil anything, but any general sort of questions. No. I think another good thing I like about it is there is no one that I recognized in it. Like, there's no, there's definitely no big stars. Um, it seems like from what from the little research I, I did around it that. It's mostly the main dude and his comedy friends because it looks like they've a number of them have worked together on other British comedy things that are just, I mean, even below my radar uh, as a fan of British comedy. Because uh, I, I had never heard of this guy until I, I was like, oh, yeah, I do recognize him from Fleabag. Um, but that's it. And uh, yeah, they're all they're all really good. They inhabit the characters really well. Um, so. I don't know that I'd say if you like the American office, you'll definitely like this, but I'd say if you like the British office, you'll almost certainly like this. Okay. I think I'll, I'll think I'll enjoy it. I've been watching, not really been watching, but I've, I've watched a few couple like stupid, um, UK comedies. Hmm. There was this one with these like DJs. What? I don't even remember the name. I would have to go back in to my account. It was like these DJs that don't do anything, man. They were... <laughs> oh, that sounds that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why my voice cracked there? Did you, you got did, too excited? Did you pick up on that? Did it crack? I, I you know I let it go. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> All right. Well, then let's move to something macho. Flex yeah. my macho bona fides. Yes, watch Stath Let's Flats. Give it, an, give it an episode. Find it. Get it how you get it. You know, wink, wink. Um, and if worse comes to worst, 
email into the show, viscerous at gmail.com. I'll, I'll give you my login. It's no problem. Okay. Deal. Oh, that was to the listeners. But yeah, also for you. <laughs> oh, he's just giving out your login like that. Everybody, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> that'll come with an invoice, of course, listeners. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Makes but sense. I, yeah, I'm definitely on Venmo. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's let's uh, let's wrap up with uh, a quick sports segment, uh, which we haven't done in a while. Um, it's been some recent championships with, um, you know, a couple teams that, you know, I'll be honest, you know, you and I are in a group chat with uh, with a buddy. Uh, we talk about sports a lot, and I, as you were witness to, I made a bet with him that. Uh, neither the MLB nor the NBA would actually be able to finish a season. Uh, they both proved me wrong. Uh, so I owe my friends uh, the, I think we bet the tr- bet from the trading places bet. Trading places bet. Another, another great Eddie Murphy vehicle. Yes. So, and I've been paying that out. So that famously that, that, the bet is for one dollar. Uh, I've been paying him in a seven cent installments on Venmo. Um, <laughs> haven't haven't paid him the full amount, but he will get it in time. So that's a lesson to when you make bets, always work out the time frame for the repayment. Um, but uh, yeah, so they both. I, I was. I have to say, I was actually impressed with the um, with the particularly the NBA with their bubble, like uh, the. You know, I like logist. I like logistics uh, planning. I think I'm pretty good at it. What they had ahead of them when they started planning this in April was a, a logistical nightmare, like that I wouldn't even want to dream about, even in a dream where I'm everything else is going well, <laughs> and and including that, <laughs> I would still wouldn't want to dream about it. You know, you could have me. Uh, you know, anyway. Sorry, I'm I'm rambling. Please take over. They pulled it off. I don't know how Adam Silver and the NBA pulled it off. I think they had zero infections down there, too. That's what they say. So, oh, ho, ho. that's I mean, what they say. I mean, look, are they incentivized in a certain way? Sure. Does that mean that they're misleading anybody? No, absolutely not. Uh, well, okay. We can say there were no infections of superstars. Well, there was no, I don't think there was an infection of anybody while in the bubble of any of the players, at least, or, no, or coach, that, coaching staff. Not that were reported to the general public. And look, I'm, I'm perfectly content with taking their word for it. I have no skin in the, this particular game. So, uh, and, you know, Adam Silver of all the commissioners and, you know, high, high mucky mucks in sports, he does seem to have some good integrity. Obviously the Donald Sterling thing was, you know, an example of that. Not doesn't mean he's perfect by any stretch, but you know, as these things go, I feel like if there was an outbreak, it would have they would have duly reported it. Like I mean the MLB I, did. I agree. NFL is, so I mean I think if anyone was gonna cover it up, it would be the NFL. But they're they're reporting it. So Yeah, they seem like they would cover it up. But uh, yeah, so what, I don't know. We're we're both LeBron fans. Uh, you mentioned briefly, I believe, hating on LeBron, which I I was no, no, shocked no. as I, I re-listened I was... and edited that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I finally saw it through the eyes of a LeBron hater. Right. 
Um, that was oh now I remember what series that that was the Western Conference Finals right versus the Nuggets right and I was like oh so this is how someone could dislike LeBron it's like right. now I sort of get it but, but he came um, around in the finals against the Miami Heat of course yeah you know but when he got to the finals I was like oh no he needs to win another one oh after this yeah. one that he just won. No, 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 no. After the Western Conference Finals, when I, when I, you know, had my eyes opened, then they moved on. I was like, oh, I, I moved on as well. I was like, oh, okay, time for LeBron to win again. I don't yeah. need any of this nonsense. Yeah, and I, I would say I was pretty confident that that they were going to beat the Heat because it seemed like what they went through in the West. I mean, not Denver didn't seem particularly difficult, but they it was Houston before that, right? In the second round? Oh, man. Really tested my memory. It was Houston. They yeah. destroyed Houston. Yeah. And Houston's a good, uh, great team? Uh, yeah. I'd say they're a great team. I don't team. know. I feel like Denver was better than Houston this year. If they would have played in a series, I maybe would have given the edge to Denver. But, I mean, <clears throat> to, to be fair to the Lakers... Everyone they played, people were talking them up before the series. And then mm-hmm. after the Lakers destroyed them, then it turned into, oh, well, that team wasn't as good as we thought they were. Yeah, I definitely got that sense of that narrative, which is classic people, you know, LeBron. I mean, having, you and I follow LeBron for the past 15 years or whatever. Th- that narrative happens all the time with them. I always an attempt to undercut his accomplishments. Always, always, always. Yeah, it's very it frustrating. Disgu- it, this time it was like really disgusting. Like everybody well, was like, "Oh, they're so good." Because I got, I got something for the Heat. Like I, I got a bit of oh. a rant for them. But oh. and we go, oh fuck it, let's start it right now. So Pat Riley came out and did say, "Oh yeah, you know, good job." But there is an asterisk on this season. Now. <laughs> Look, he's going to support his team. He's he's pretty loyal to uh, to the Heat. You know, he was for the Knicks too until fax machine. But okay, anyway, um, he said that there is an asterisk. Now, fine, you want to put an asterisk on this because of the bubble? I'd say cool, but that's more of an accomplishment for Le- LeBron. I know he meant it that it's it's less, it's easier in theory to win a final in this particular bubble given everything. But I would say not not a chance. It has to be harder. Right, especially since you have to live on a hotel complex away from your family for two months straight. What um, do you think? I, I would agree. I think he he did sort of walk that back and explain it further later on. Oh, he did. Okay, so I didn't see that. So what did he say? Even I had I didn't read it. I haven't okay. read it. I didn't even read his asterisk comment. I just saw like the headlines. Like, oh, yeah, of course. And, you know that was going to come out sooner or later. But right. um, I would agree with you that if anything, the season was harder. Just dealing with the you know the prolonged season, and then just like having to be in that bubble for the extended period of time. I think if anything, the only possible argument you could make for saying that it's easier in a way is that. There weren't fans there to be a distraction. Now yeah, that that would okay. be the case. 
uh, by the same but by the same token you could say there were no fans there to pump you up right really. i i would ag- i would agree with that it sort of neutralized the the home court advantage there was none they were all technically kind yeah. of like on a neutral playing you know neutral court however i know that the nba did go to some you know pretty not extreme lengths but to great lengths i guess you could say of trying to make it feel like home games for certain teams when they were supposed to be home i know they were trying to do like the lights and the certain sounds and if they had like um any particular like announcer traditions that were happening they tried to do all that stuff but i i think it's you know, it was a nice effort, but in the end, it really just seemed like they were all just neutral court games. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for me, I was thinking, like, I mean, yeah, so there's you're in this, it, it's got to be monotonous and a little boring mm-hmm. to just be in this one, granted, very nice uh, resort hotel complex uh, where they held this bubble. Um, but yeah, so that's tough. But is that counterbalanced by the fact that you don't have to get on a plane uh, to travel at all through the whole time, which I'm sure gets, you know, annoying, uh, can be draining. Uh, you know, if you're at a away game, you're staying in a hotel anyway. Uh, now, granted, yeah. you have a lot more freedom to interact with friends and family uh, outside, you know, in a non-bubble scenario. Um, so, and that's got to be tough, you know. Being away, especially you know a lot of these guys have kids, uh, so not seeing them in person is has got to be really tough. But uh, yeah, you know that has to be right. So, but yeah, but then I I think I don't want to get this too wrong. I, I so I'm not entirely certain, but I think Scottie Pippen did come out old grumpy ass and said that it these are essentially like scrimmages, like glorified scrimmages. Yeah, I don't know, Scott. I, like, I, I wish Scotty Pippen would just stop talking. <laughs> he's been on a he's been on a bit of a tear since uh, the Last Dance, uh, where he's there's been some, some ups and downs in his quotes in the press. He he is a commentator for ESPN occasionally, I believe. Yeah, um, he he is. I didn't I didn't see that like these are glorified scrimmages. I mean, I'm I would say no. Um, I guess maybe if you're in the actual arena with like the crowd and that makes it more pressure, but it's not like these games didn't count. It's not like these aren't NBA players playing like serious games to win a championship. Yeah. I mean, we, we all saw Jimmy Butler playing his heart out like, um, you know, Davis too. Yeah, it's not like it's not like the trophy is made of like fucking gummy bear material because they played in the bubble as opposed to like metal. You know, right. it's, not, it's not like in in this thing with the asterisk. It's like okay, who who, who is this? Where is this record book that's going to have this alleged asterisk? It's not. Now we are bumping up against my subjectivity versus objectivity thing, but mm. you know, in sports, it's a little bit more clear cut. It's all a fucking opinion. Like it, cause this, and this bumps up against the who's the best, Jordan or LeBron. Uh, which, again, you, in my view, just my view, is that it's all a matter of opinion in any case. I don't see the point arguing with it because 
you can you can point to the six championships, but uh, I know there's leaders of teams who have more than six. Mm-hmm. And in fact, quite a bit more. Uh, you know, it's play style. And I'm saying, yeah, I'm putting LeBron ahead of Jordan, but that's I'm also acknowledging that that's just my opinion. It's not like some sort of empirical, objective fact. Ah, anyway. <laughs> um, well, what did you think about the overall for the series between the give us give us a little basketball knowledge breakdown oh i thought what this series was was much better than i expected i thought it was going to be either a sweep or one game but the fact that the heat were able to stay so close and be so competitive and turn it into six games i think speaks a lot um just to the character of the players it speaks very highly of jimmy butler himself um Why i think that? they I think they sort of got worn down. Jimmy Butler was playing tons of minutes. Like he had to play, I think like out of the 48 minutes per game, he was playing something like 43 to 45 minutes a game. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Which is, you know, extreme. Um, there were some injuries that they had to contend with and had their players like Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic not been injured, could the series have been different? Yeah, but you could say that every year about so Mm -hmm. many different series. Like, could LeBron have another championship if Kyrie and Kevin Love uh, didn't get injured? In 2015? Yep. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think people just have to let that sort of go because – you know that's that's just the way the what is it cookie crumbles um, injuries <laughs> injuries. <laughs> I think, I think the expression happen. is actually um, that that's actually a mysterious tragedy. Is the expression? <laughs> what that means is that it's something that you know it's it's bad. It's certainly bad. Serious tragedy. But it's that's not really bad. worth it to to really look into it too deep. It's just let's it's one of those things. Like they say in Spinal Tap, you know, where they're talking about that one weird murder. And it's just, you know, they're like the cops just decided that's one of those things that we you don't need to look into. It's just one of those (laughs) mysterious tragedies. (laughs) One of those things you don't need to look into. Oh, man. Um, But um, I was surprised with how often that I was watching the games and sort of like, the um, inconsistency of Anthony Davis was a little surprising to me. Why? Like the highs and the lows. I, in my mind, for somebody as like talented as he is, and you know, as smart as he is, and as like really like touted as this generational talent, there were times where I sort of forgot he was on the floor. And I felt like there were times that he also showed that he um, looked like the best player in the NBA. And like those two extremes were really disturbing to me because I'd never, um, I think part of the reason was because it was in New Orleans, but I'd never like watched him play for such an extended period of time. Right. Through all these games. Right. It's like, oh, okay. But Did you, um, and you watched most of the Lakers games? He, yeah, by the time the playoffs came around, like when they started with just finishing up the regular season, I was not really watching. I would watch highlights, but when the playoffs started, I got 
really into it. I, I, I loved it how they had it, um, how the NBA did the schedule NCAA style. Like they started games at one thirty in the afternoon, which right. I thought was a little odd. But then they would just run the whole day in those first couple rounds. That was amazing. I loved that. Yeah, that was good because yeah, compared to you know a normal season, they're they're still starting the games at like you know six p.m. But then but then they'll just do like two two a night, three a night, or or right. they'll run, they'll run them concurrently. So you won't be able to, yeah, there'll be two games running at the same time. That that's the Yeah, that's they'll the have like two early games and like two late games. As opposed to this, where it's yeah, they start them at one and then you can watch in all all of them if you if you want. Yeah, I thought that was really great. Um and I did like seeing the resurgence of Rajan Rondo. Rajan. Oh. Rajan. We'll say Rondo. I always liked Rondo. <laughs> I always liked Rondo. We'll just move on and say Rondo. I, um, you know, I I never really liked him. I definitely didn't like his Celtics teams beating up on LeBron. I definitely did like when LeBron beat up beat up on them uh, yeah. with the Heat. But I gotta say, I do have a newfound respect for him because, uh, like for his talent, which I guess I had overlooked too. Like, but I mean, particularly given like he's got to be late thirties or mid to late thirties now. Well, no, he I is. Guess yeah, he came in in 2006, I think. But he's a, clearly a really talented point guard. Like he really knows what he's doing. His three pointing, three point shooting improved um, just in the playoffs. Um, yeah, he was clearly. I mean, <laughs> I gotta say, some of his passing decisions. And I'm looking at you, LeBron, passing to Danny Green mm. so much. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa! No, whoa. I told, I told LeBron. Through the TV, I said, "Don't pass to Danny Green. I know he's open, but he's going. He's definitely going to miss." Sure enough, he did. Game five. You said that. I I said that. Dang. Those words were the opposite of a mysterious tragedy. They were, they were a very clear reality. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, um, oh man, yeah. So Poor that Danny. Was Danny had a terrible shooting playoffs. He was off the whole playoffs, right? Yeah, that's a little surprising. Um, I mean, he's getting older. You know, those those playoffs in, on the Spurs that he played uh, against LeBron's team. You know, those are six years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you he know, was killing that... it, the three pointer. <laughs> I remember those games. He was. I I was very happy to see the Clippers lose, so that brought me a lot of joy. I Why? tell you that. I don't know because I I am like really um enjoying people roasting Paul George and <laughs> Why him? I don't know, because I think that he I think that it he thinks that he's better than what he is. And like his whole thing and like forcing himself out of Indiana where he had a great thing going in Indiana. And then he really hasn't, like, he's still good. He's a very good player. Don't get me wrong. But he just hasn't um, delivered the way that he's needed to deliver for his teams to be successful ever since leaving Indiana. Um, Yeah, that's true. I mean, Indiana... You know they did have a good thing with uh, that team with um, George Hill and um, 
Who's that tall dude? Who's their center? Hibbert. That Hibbert. was Roy Hibbert. Was yeah, there. but they I, they kind of fell off a cliff, or at least Hibbert did, randomly. Yeah. But also, he had that really bad injury, and I, oh, I yeah. wonder if maybe there was some disappointment with um, how he, how the front office and the team responded to him. I, I, I'm not even referencing any specula- or anything I heard back then, but I'm just kind of purely speculating, like... Maybe they didn't respond, but maybe they thought he was done because it, it was one of those injuries that could end your career. And yeah, I wonder if maybe a, a really nasty injury. They true. were like he overheard someone being like, I don't know, is the insurance going to pay out on this guy? Like, well, oh god, oh, Paul, no, 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 come in, come in, no, come in, no, 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 come in, come in. This get off the table. <laughs> what? No. That was not. A game we did not make our own version of Operation with you, your head taped over the body on the operating table. That wasn't what you saw. So it's no, no, don't look under the table. Don't look down there. What can we do for you? <laughs> don't look. Don't do it. Yeah. But then, yeah, and then force, I don't know, sort of forcing his way. I guess it was yeah. more why, but like destroying the Clippers' chances of, of, drafting anybody for the next right and they gave up so much for him and then him just sort of like i think i liked it because he tried to roast everybody else like tried to roast dame and and then he forgot that you know in this day and age everything is saved you know all your tweets all your video <laughs> interviews and he forgot that he said that they were supposed to be competing for a championship this year and then went out in post-game interviews and was like oh no we we never thought that a championship was our goal this year right and you know things like that and when he hit the, when he hit the side of the backboard on that three i was i was laughing real hard <laughs> i loved it I felt his pain, but I also loved it at the same time. That's a dangerous shot. That's always a dangerous. I don't remember what, what game was that. What was that was it? that final game they lost. I don't know if that was game. That was game seven. When yeah, when they were getting oh, blown out, a, a three for the for the win, and then no, it was game? just like in the course of their downward spiral. He shot a three from the corner and hit the side of the backboard. And it was like this game is really over now. I th- I think I had to blink a couple. Th- I said, "What? Did he just <laughs> the side of the backboard?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta you had to blink a couple times. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I'm picturing it was so you. good. Oh man, uh, now I wish I watched that game. But but yeah, like they look coming losing when you're up three one. That I mean, that's the new thing in the NBA now. I guess right. Um, but, uh, they did it. They, uh, that's, and I know, I know, I know Kawhi was mad. Not talking. It's that not talking mad that you gotta. (laughs) Not not talking mad. I don't like, I don't like that. Well, the yelling, getting my emotions out mad. Okay. True. Venting, the venting mad. That's, you know, that's, you know, it's a little healthier as, you know, as long as you're not physically violent. Um, but uh, that not talking bad. Oof. Yeah, but they'll be back. They're they're good, and I also like like it when Pat Beverly, you know, gets shown up a little bit. Yeah. But I also like Pat Beverly at the same time. He's yeah, annoying. I don't, I don't but like, I like him. it. 
but I do, I do want to, before we, I think we can wrap up, you know, we didn't, we didn't get to Ohio state, but I think next episode, there'll be a little bit deeper in the season. So we can do like a more of a definitive thing. Um, but I did want to hit Miami heat a little bit more. Um, oh yeah. What's it? So, what is this anti heat agenda you have? Uh, I don't like – I mean, I listen to Dan Levitard's radio show every now and then, and he he has some relationship with uh, Mickey Arison, uh, who's the owner of the Heat, huh. and and I think Riley as well. I mean, look, he's he's a sportscaster in Miami. He's become friends with them. We're friendly. All right, that's fine, whatever. But um, I think that the when LeBron left, they had a lot of sour gra- grapes, and uh, I think that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, but I'm just going to, these are facts that I came across over the past couple of days. Uh, first of all, they have six jerseys retired in the rafters. Only six of their home arena. They currently have six. Um, now for non-sports fans, which I don't don't know if you've gotten this far in the podcast (laughs) as a non-sports fan, but thank you. Uh, when a team puts their uh, a former player's jersey in the rafters, that means that that's a mark of honor for accomplishments that they've made on the team. Um, but that also means that no future players can use that number uh, on their jersey. So at the moment, they of course have Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, who were part of the you know famous team with, with LeBron. Um, yeah. Uh, those two players, Bosch's was retired in 2019. Dwayne Wade's was retired earlier this year. Uh, LeBron, of course, is still playing, so he his his will almost certainly be retired. Okay, cool. But then I see a name here uh, on this list. Um, I see Michael Jordan, number 23, is retired by the Heat, and this is a true fact. The Miami Heat retired Michael Jordan's jersey in 2003. After he uh, Jordan had finished his time with the Wizards, I be- I've read various reasons for this. Uh, I think Riley is Pat Riley's official reason, and I, I keep saying Pat Riley. He's the president of the team, uh, former coach. Uh, his reasoning was uh, this is just to, as a mark of respect for Jordan's accomplishment for the whole NBA. You know that there was some talk that maybe he thought that this would start a tradition uh, with every other team doing the same thing. Uh, no other team did it. Except for the Bulls, of course. So I just found that funny. Thoughts? That's weird. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yes, they have retired Michael Jordan's jersey. Uh, they also have retired Dan Marino's jersey. What? He doesn't even play basketball. <laughs> Dan Marino, famously a uh, player of American football uh, for many years for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, now with him, although his jersey is retired, the number 13 is not retired. So Miami Heat players <laughs> have been able to use so the number 13. Just, it just says Marino, it's blank, or it says Marino 13? It says Marino 13, but... But you players, get to wear a 13. Yes. So, I mean, look, I'm not saying that this is their championship legacy for the Heat. You know, it's picking players who never played for them. Never had any interest in playing for them and retiring their jerseys. Okay, well, you know, you can do that. Um, clearly, they did do it. So uh, I just wanted to point that out. So so anybody could do that. 
So, like, does it have to be a real person? Could the Knicks, <laughs> could the Nets or the Knicks retire the Knicks, like Tony the... Soprano's jersey? <laughs> the Knicks retiring like Jesus Shuttleworth's jersey or something? Yeah. <laughs> That would I'm be surprised a James movie. Dolan hasn't re- retired like his own jersey up there. <laughs> oh my god! Well, that's coming. I mean, if he ever sells the team, he's that's going to be in the contract. <laughs> gotta, yeah, gotta retire Dolan. Dolan dog. Oh man, number Dan one, Dan Marino. Yeah. That, that I one mean, Michael, really neither one actually makes sense. I, I'm trying to decide which one makes more sense, and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, presumably, I mean, the Bulls and the Heat did have a rivalry. Like, I was reading Michael J- Jordan's Bulls eliminated the Heat from the playoffs three three separate times. <laughs> um, yeah, that's got to be tough. That's a weird one. Michael Jordan. I mean, at least Marino was like, he played his whole career in Miami. He's a Hall of Famer. Like, it sort of makes sense, except that he didn't play basketball. But he's a known, like, he's a beloved Miami figure, sports figure, you know? Right. Yeah, Michael Jordan. That just seems like a publicity stunt, almost. <laughs> I mean, where were the Heat in two thousand three? I mean, this would have been, I believe, probably just before they drafted. Well, they drafted Dwayne Wade in two thousand three. I'm not sure the exact, you know, ceremony if that was, but you know, it probably was before the Wade draft because if it's, I believe, two thousand three, the o two o three season was Jordan's last one with the Wizards. So it makes sense that they would dra- they would do that maybe in the summer or or at the early part of the season. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. That's in- wow, look at you. Good. That's a good one. Yeah, so, you some know. Good research. Maybe some, yeah, research. there's maybe some asterisks hanging up in in their rafters. <laughs> so that's maybe why why he Pat Riley has asterisks on the mind. <laughs> Yeah, he's, every time he looks upward, he's seeing you know a couple couple big ones up there. So, okay, well we can wrap up. Um, uh, any closing thoughts? Um, eat something green and green. Drink your water. Um, drink, yeah, drink plenty of water. Get those fluids. Maybe get a you know you could get a flu shot if you want. Flu season is coming around the corner. Ah, jeez, that's right. Oof. Well, talk about a. That's a reaction to flu season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably have more, but I don't want to get into it right now. So okay, I have a nice right. full episode here. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Eat something green. Maybe eat something green. You don't need a flu shot. I don't know. Look, I'm oh, not there you go. That's true. Drink your water. I don't know. Have a nice, healthy, balanced diet. Yeah. This is podcast we are. Ooh.